Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission and the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, today we are continuing our series called Making Art. It's a series we've been doing through the season of Lent, and we're in the middle of the series right now. We've been exploring the seven deadly sins and why pursuing holiness or virtue actually frees us to love God and others as we should. We started with pride. We've talked about pride, greed, lust, envy, and this week we are talking about gluttony. And as we've said from the beginning, Lent is a season where we are intentionally drawing closer to Jesus to be more like Jesus. And so we hope and we pray that today's episode continues to help you in that journey. All right. So, okay, we're going to talk about gluttony. And honey, um, this is kind I of a hard food. one. I know. I, I, lo- I absolutely love food. I do too. That's we live in such a great town for food. I Ann mean, Arbor. we live in Ann Arbor or the Ann Arbor area, and there's just so many great restaurants. And um, I feel like that you're like a food expert. Like, I remember one of our very first arguments when we got married was actually on our honeymoon. It was over food. We, <laughs> I know we've written about this in the past, but you would ask me where I wanted to eat, and I started listing different restaurants. We were um, honeymooning in Traverse City, Michigan, and it became very clear that that um, everything I was suggesting that we go, that the kinds of food I was interested in eating was not what you were interested in. So I think I remember that sort of led to a, a little bit of an argument. And um, I, I, not that that has anything to do with what we're talking about well, today. Well, I mean, we're talking about food. Food, yeah. food, and I love food too. <laughs> I would definitely, like, I love food. Like, I re- have memories of a meal will have, like, I remember things from years ago because of a meal. Yeah. Like I remember exactly what I ate oh, man. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, I, mean I mean, I just think about growing up all the, the, you know, my mom was from the South. Both my mom and dad were born in Kentucky and my mom just made incredible Southern dishes. I mean, cornbread and beans and pot pies and just all sorts. I'm, See, that doesn't I'm sound very good to me. Uh, but maybe that's why I haven't gotten <laughs> cornbread in. Honey. Well, once or twice. Yeah. Anyways. I'm, I'm doing okay. But I do <laughs> I do love Ann Arbor because it's full of amazing restaurants that are local. And yeah, I feel like it's really hard to find places yeah. like that. It's, Anyways. It's funny to think about, like we've been talking about these seven deadly sins. We, you know, we said from the beginning that, you know, God created us for a relationship or friendship, you know, with himself, that, that he made us for life and truth and goodness and beauty and, and sin interrupts that and separates mm. us from him. It it um, enslaves us, and, and so as we've been talking about these seven deadly sins, they're called seven deadly sins, not because this is an exhaustive list, but because every other sin that we struggle with um, really stems or flows from these seven sins. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of been the understanding mm-hmm. of the church um, for a long, long time, and so we've been looking at these, both the negative side, the seven deadly sins, but then spending just a little bit of time of, of you know the, the positive side, and so today we're talking about that vice of gluttony. But then on the positive side, it's really temperance or self-control mm. when it comes to food or mm-hmm. drink. And so as we get started, like, it's just interesting to me, you know, we've been in a series at our church, at Grace Bible Church, where I serve uh, over the last couple of months uh, called At the Table. And we've been talking about how, you know, when you read the Gospels, you just notice that Jesus is either, you know, coming from a meal, at a meal, or on his way to a meal. I mean, there's so much that Jesus does mm-hmm. and says and teaches about the kingdom of God around food and drink. And yet he, he oftentimes 
um, you know, warns against um, gluttony as well mm-hmm. and drunkenness. I mean, not just in the Gospels, but you, you see that in the New Testament and the Bible as a whole. But maybe as we begin, just a really simple definition for what gluttony is, is it's a disordered desire for food or drink. And so very mm-hmm. simply, when we think about gluttony or drunkenness, or when we think about gluttony as, a, as one of the seven deadly sins, we're really talking about this disordered desire for food or drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think it's an important thing to talk about because I think, especially in our culture today, we see so many issues around food and drink. I mean, you have addictions, obviously, right. to alcohol, yep. um, but then you have addictions. I mean, food addictions yeah. or eating disorders. Yes, and it's so real and it's so rampant. Right. And so I think it stems from this disordered desire for food or drink, which I we can actually trace back to the Bible. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, on the on the surface, you're kind of like, what's the big deal? You know, what's what's the big deal mm. with food? And yet, um, as we're going to talk about, there's an awful lot that, um, again, goes back to what it is that we really desire, what we're looking to for our comfort, how we're trying to control our lives. And there's a couple places in the Bible that maybe we can just begin. Um, you know, in Luke chapter 21, verse 34, we read, watch, watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with indulgences and drunkenness, Jesus says. Um, the, the Proverbs talk an awful lot uh, about uh, gluttony as well. One example is in Proverbs 23, verses 19 through 21, where the writer says, Hear, my son, and be wise, and direct your hearts in the, um, in the way. Um, be not among drunkards or among gluttons, um, eaters of, of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe a man with rags. And so there's mm. just a variety of places. Those are just two examples. There's been, um, you know, we could quote all sorts of people throughout church history that have talked about this as well. Um, and so it is, it, there, there's a lot that, that can be said about gluttony. Let me give you just a couple examples throughout church history that I think are worth noting. You know, Gregory the Great, who lived in the sixth century, said this, unless we first tame the enemy dwelling within us, namely our gluttonous appetite, we will have not even stood up to engage in the spiritual combat. Mm. And really what he's saying is that if, if you can't learn self-control with what you eat and drink, um, good luck when it comes to fighting your spiritual adversary. Mm. And so just a reminder that that as we talk about this particular sin, we're talking about the um, the, the struggle, that disordered desire for food or, food or drink. But on the flip side, on the positive side, is really this idea of temperance or self-control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's such a parallel there, right, with this isn't, this really goes, this is some, so much deeper than a longing for food. Right. And I think that's what is really, really important to understand. Yeah, that is so true. You know, one of the things that, that's interesting about the scriptures is that you you read this language over and over again in the Bible um, about how we are a hungry people and we're a thirsty people. Mm, you know, so the yeah. scriptures talk about this this idea of, of humanity, uh, men and women um, being hungry or desiring. You know, one example is Isaiah 55 verses 1 through 2. Um, where the writer says, come, all of you who are thirsty, uh, come to the waters and, and you who have no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without um, money and without cost. We, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. And, and so one of the things is, is we're just thinking about this particular um, sin during this Lenten season. And the, again, we've been looking at each of these sins 
and really saying, let's focus in on each of those um, uh, every week, you know, leading into Easter. And so as you're thinking about that this week in preparation for Easter, I mean, one of the things to just keep in mind is that gluttony really reveals the deeper longing of our soul Mm -hmm. and not just our stomach. And so it's what Mm -hmm. you were talking about earlier, that the big deal with food or drink and, and just that struggle to... Uh, to practice moderation when it comes to what we eat or drink is that that food and drink always in some way um, are pointing to that deeper longing of the soul. Mm-hmm. And so really that that's what the scriptures is talking about, that we're a hungry people, mm-hmm. we're a thirsty people, and we ultimately don't find the satisfaction for our deepest longing and our deepest thirsting um, apart from God, that we were made to know him and to love him and to serve him, to glorify him. And people spend their entire lifetime trying to satisfy that hunger Mm -hmm. and that thirst in all of the wrong ways. It's kind of that famous quote from St. Augustine who says, my heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. That that Mm -hmm. Augustine was just commenting on what we all know, what the scriptures teach, that we are a hungry people, a thirsty people. And we try to satisfy it with with pleasure or with food or with drink or with success or material possessions. And again, as we're talking about today, um, food is is yet another one of those things. It's just re- revealing a deeper longing of the soul. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's so much bigger than just um, the, the aching of our, of our stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there's two things really that we could boil it down to that we're that we're looking for, that we're longing for. Right. And. So let's talk about those two things. They're comfort and control or comfort or control, either either or and. And um, I just let's talk a little bit about the things like as far as comfort goes. Let's start there. What what do we turn to most often to find comfort? And I think that's something for the listener to think about as we're kind of talking through this. Ask yourself as we're talking through this kind of think about like, what is it that I turn to most often to, to find comfort and maybe that's a relationship maybe it's entertainment I what, know th- what's your go-to snack I mean before we continue oh. being so serious here I just am curious like what Hi. is your go-to snack remember when remember when I was young and healthy and I would eat um, nachos and cheese every night before bed do you remember that oh yeah you like would w- shredded cheese on oh, nachos. that was the best yeah. I would I would get nacho cheese Shred that, or or you know, cheddar cheese. Yeah, shred well, it, and years and ago, sprinkle my- it over over uh, tortilla chips. Put that in the microwave, and just <laughs> it was like heaven on earth. <laughs> well, the other thing we used to always have were brownies, brownies and, and vanilla ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, well, oh. Ch- chocolate mint chip. Well, I I just well. liked the vanilla. Yeah, you like the chocolate mint. Well, I guess I would have some chocolate mint, but the warm brownies out of the oven with yeah, ugh. yeah. See, this for. isn't this. No, is, I know, I know. It's working against what we're trying to. Yeah. I was just curious because I like, <laughs> and honestly, I probably was turning to that for comfort at times. Well, yeah, probably. You know, I mean, let's just be honest. There's things, and that's what we're talking about. <laughs> so, what is it that you turn to for comfort? Well, I think what, well, yeah, one of the important things we're thinking about just the longing of the soul, and as it relates to food, is is that when we are are eating or drinking, is really asking that question. It's what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. Is what is it that I'm really looking? to for comfort, right? right. And, and all of us, you know, we look for ways um, to soothe ourselves. When we think about just, um, you know, the stress that we face or uh, difficult things that we're walking through, whatever it is, that oftentimes, you know, um, like you were saying, people will turn to relationships for comfort. They'll, they'll turn to a husband or to a wife or to a friend, um, to a coworker. And so oftentimes we, we turn to relationships. We can turn to entertainment 
and just sort of numb out and, and watch show after show mm-hmm. and just, you know, begin binge watching a show on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever it is now nowadays um, that folks are watching. That um, folks. Uh, we, we can turn to alcohol. We can turn to yeah. drink. Uh, or drugs, um, and and certainly people do that with with work. Mm-hmm. Um, they comfort themselves with just sort of uh, that distraction of going into the office or or just working uh, long hours. And and then of course what we're talking about today is is we do that with food, right? And so again, the 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 deeper issue is that oftentimes we use food to really satisfy in some way that that longing to be comforted mm-hmm. um to well, be that's soothed why it's called comfort and food. that's why it's called comfort yeah. food. and so we yeah. we run into that and so one of the the things we ought to do is we're as we're thinking about this particular area of our life is ask that question in some way are we using food or drink to comfort us in a way that we ought to be going to god for right um to be comforted right and that's the bottom line and i think that's really important to mention right now because I mean, we should delight in food. That is, food is a beautiful, amazing creation by God. I mean, the, the just the amount, all the different varieties of food and, and you know, sitting around a table. I, I mean, God talks about that all the time. Yeah. We should delight in that. But I think it's when we've um, turned it into something in place of God. Yeah, it is interesting. I remember when, you know, having COVID back in November and one of the bizarre things that everybody talks about that, that has COVID and, you know, almost everybody that, um, that has it loses their taste and smell mm-hmm. and um, like in a really unique way. I mean, you know, obviously lost taste and smell before with colds or whatever, but it is very, very unique yeah, you can't taste with COVID. And, and that was one of the, the things that was so strange about eating, like, like just the joy of eating, the pleasure of eating mm-hmm. without your taste and smell. Like it was like eating was just, well, I'm just going to finish it off and fill my stomach. And, and that was about it. And so you really think about like how unnecessary it is that food tastes the way that it does or has the texture or the color, like all of those things point to just how good God is, how beautiful God is, that, that food looks pretty, it looks beautiful, it's different colors and different textures. Full that, of nutrients. It, full of yeah. nutrients. That, that You're right, that, that God um, is a good God and, and there is pleasure in eating, um, and, and yet we can misuse that just as mm-hmm. we were talking about in the previous episode, you know, the same thing is true when it comes to sex and our sexuality. When we take a good thing mm-hmm. and distort it, um, it, it can lead to all sorts of bad mm-hmm. things. And so, again, I think one of the challenges as we're looking at food is, am I in some way using food or drink in a way that, that is really providing comfort that, that only God should be mm-hmm. providing? And am I using it in a, in a disordered way? Uh, has it become more important to me? Uh, than my relationship with God. Right. And so secondly, I think it's, we're longing for control and, you know, the amount of diets that there are out there, I think should just show us that we, we desire control over how we look, everything about us so we can obsess over a particular diet, over counting calories, all, all of that. And that's just a real struggle and attention. I think that we all carry at times. I, I mean, I've I've carried that over the years. You know, feeling like, oh, I've heard about this diet and it's supposed to be so good for you, and then this is gonna. If I do this diet, I'm going to feel this way, and I'm gonna have some 
control over how I feel. Of course, obviously, we do have some control, and it is important to eat well and take care of ourselves, but I think that we can obsess over this and take it to a completely different level. And there again, we are trusting the diet or counting the calories or whatever it is instead of trusting God to take care of us. I think, you know, there's that balance, you know, we've talked about in the past that, you know, that our body is, um, you know, a temple of the Holy Spirit that we're called to take care of it and Mm -hmm. and to eat, um, to eat right and to exercise. And yet we can, we can take that too far as well. And that's, you know, part of what we're talking about here is that sometimes we can fall into that trap that, that, you know, um, if I just eat all of the right things and if I exercise and, and stay away from these types of foods, then I can live a long, healthy and productive life. Mm-hmm. And so we're really trying to, to control the outcome of our life mm-hmm. instead of surrendering that to God and saying, God, I, I, I do. I want to honor you with my body and what I eat and how I exercise. I want to take care of the body that you've given me. But ultimately, my life is in your hands. Like mm-hmm. I can't control certain things. Um, and so, you know, food can become an attempt to control our own life instead of surrendering our life to Christ mm-hmm. yeah. and, and surrendering the outcome of our life, the number of our years or whether we're going to walk in health or sickness. I mean, I think that's been one mm-hmm. of the interesting things, even about my own diagnosis. I mean, we were eating very healthy apart from the, the nacho cheese and, and you know, <laughs> well, ice, that was ice cream a long, and brownies long a long, long ago, time ago. Yeah. But for the most part, in comparison, and yet the reality is that, that there are things that, that we walk through. We live in a fallen world. Um, there are things that we walk through in life that we don't understand why God is asking us to walk through or certain things that God allows. And, and there is this in the Christian life, a surrendering of our life and, and this reminder that our life is not our own, that, mm-hmm. that God gave it to us, that we're called to honor him in sickness and in health. Um, and, and so food can, for many people, become an idol in that way, mm-hmm. that we're really trying to control our life, trying to control our health, trying to control the number of our years instead of surrendering that to God. So I think just really two practical things we can do um, is, is look at those two questions and ask ourselves, am I turning to food or drink to comfort me? Am I turning to food or drink to try to control my life? Mm-hmm. And so those are just maybe a couple of really practical ways mm-hmm. uh, for, for us to look in particular at, at this um, sin of gluttony mm-hmm. uh, as, we, as we move through this coming week. Yeah, and so the the vice here, because I always like to mention this about this point <laughs> in the podcast, if you've been following along on in this series, the vice here is gluttony, and then the virtue. So we want to kill the sin of gluttony, and we want to clothe ourselves with the virtue of yeah, temperance, or temperance or self control. Yeah. And so that's what we really need. Uh, we need self control, and we need to go to the source for all hope and all life. And in that, again, in gluttony, we're, we have this longing that we're trying to fill and God's saying, no, come to me. I'm the one who fills every longing. Well, I think, again, going back, and I know we sound like a broken record, but from the very beginning of this series, we've been talking about, you know, the, the goal of the virtuous life, living in righteousness, living in holiness, is that we might be free to love God and love others as we should. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, any sin that we're enslaved to really uh, not only hurts us, but it hurts our relationship with God. It hurts our relationship with others. And you think about the damage that's been done Mm -hmm. uh, to individuals, to marriages, to families uh, because of the sin of gluttony. Uh, How many marriages have been destroyed? Families have been destroyed. Relationships have been destroyed. Careers have been destroyed. Ministries have been destroyed because somebody didn't know how to control their appetite Mm. Um, and who have been given to drunkenness, who've been given to addiction. Mm. They've turned to alcohol instead of turning to Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we could turn to example after example 
um, probably people we know, maybe even people within our family, we've seen the destruction of, of the sin of gluttony, um, that disordered desire for either too much food or too much drink and just how devastating that can be. Yeah. And again, as we've said, you know, there, there's so much that's still, um, you know, in our lives that, that need to be crucified, um, that, that we need to put to death. And the goal of the Christian life is to become like Christ. It's to be free. Um, and God desires for us um, to live this life where we're truly free to love him as we should and to love others as we mm-hmm. should. Um, we want to give the best of who we are to other people. Mm-hmm. And when we're given to, to gluttonous, either you know, disordered appetite for, for food or drink, we're not able to give the best of who we are. And so as we've said um, you know, earlier, that what we really need is we need true sustenance. Yeah. Right. We, yep. we need to abide in Christ, who is the one who is the bread of life that truly satisfies our soul, um, who fills us and empowers us by his spirit and gives us what we really need. And so we need to nourish our soul with times of rest, um, you know, in solitude and meditating on God's word and memorizing scripture. Um, all of those things are things that, that really provide the sustenance and the true satisfaction mm-hmm. that we need. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you think about it this way, we wouldn't wake up, we wake up in the morning. Well, actually, well, yes, I wake up first thing in the morning and I need some coffee. Okay. (laughs) And so I wouldn't think of waking up in the morning and just saying, oh, you know, never mind. I'm not going to have any coffee. And oh, around, you know, within a couple of hours, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to eat anything. And then lunch and I'm not going to eat anything. And then dinner and I'm not going to eat anything. And then just go throughout the whole day and not just think about, you know, not think about it at all. No, we have to, we have to drink and eat. We can't not think about it. And I think that when we, when we're talking about nourishing our soul, finding true sustenance in God's word, in rest, in solitude, we need to look at those times of rest and solitude and getting into God's word. Like we look at food, you know, like where I cannot wake up in the morning and, and go on with my day without this. And I think that's a really, really important perspective to keep. Um, Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And that's where our true satisfaction will come. Yeah, I, I think, again, you know, God uses the language of food and drink to remind us that our deepest need is to find our sustenance, our strength, our pleasure, our comfort, and our satisfaction in Him in him alone. And so he uses the, you know, food as a metaphor really for spiritual mm. satisfaction. And, and oftentimes we're trying to fill an empty stomach and it's a reflection that, that really, um, that we have an empty soul. Mm. And so what we're trying to do is, is to feed or to fill our stomach when God really wants to satisfy our soul. He wants to satisfy our deepest mm. longing and that can only be done in a relationship with him through Jesus. Yeah. And that's very practical, I think, because I think some of us are searching for the answer and it's right there in front of us, you know, that we, our true satisfaction comes by being with him. And of course there are situations, you know, cause we did talk a little bit about addiction and alcoholism right. and where that, that needs professional help as well. So I don't want to minimize that. Um, but I do think here practically, if you're listening and you're like, well, how, how do I really make sure, um, because we all need to work on this, you know, how do I really make sure that I'm going to God for my true sustenance and not food? And I think it's, it's when we can keep going to him in his word first and, and again, Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And that's hungering and thirst, thirsting for what, what God is, what he has, what he's offering for us. And we will be satisfied. 
Absolutely. I want to just end with the words that we, um, you know, started with, you know, early on Isaiah 55 verses one through two, where, where the writer says, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, all you who have no money, come buy and eat. Mm. Um, you know, Jesus is, is saying, come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is ultimately fulfilled in the person and the work of Jesus. Come to me. Um, those of you who are thirsty, those of you who are hungry, I'm the bread of life. Um, and come to me, come put your faith and your trust in me, realize what I've done for you in my life and my death mm-hmm. and resurrection. Your heart is restless until it finds it, its rest, its true satisfaction in him and him alone, recognizing what he's done for you. And so Jesus today is inviting you to come close to him, to believe in him if you haven't before, and to keep inviting uh, in him if you've already trusted in him. And mm-hmm. he will satisfy your soul, he will strengthen your soul, and he will sustain you unlike anything else possibly could. Mm, that is so good. Thank you so much, honey, for sharing that. That was that was really powerful. Well, friend, we are so, so grateful you have joined us. I hope you're loving this series as much as we are. Um, we, through Lent, be sure, if you have missed any, any episodes, to go back and listen because there's these seven deadly sins like Pat talked about earlier. They're all important to understand and learning, you know, to kill the sin the particular sin we're talking about, and instead clothe yourself with the virtue that we're talking about. Well, if we haven't met yet, we want to get to know you, so be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And also don't forget that everything we talked about will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. All right, friend, we will, we will chat soon, and we hope you have the best week.